hey, Will, what's up? What's <laughs> I wasn't up? sure when we were popping on. I was just waiting for my cue. <laughs> Why I looked happened? at it and I'm like, why wasn't it popping up? And I'm like, oh, I must have left like some extra black on the end of the intro. But <laughs> all right. What a great start to our after the year show, by the way. So just for those of you who are wondering what the hell is going on. So Will made this brand new entrance, a video intro for this particular episode. And he's like, I made the dumbest addition to the intro and I hadn't seen it at all. So I'm like, okay. And I see the little a New Year's, the little thing. And that was really cute. But then it went to black and I'm like, oh, so there's something else. So the whole time I was waiting for something else to happen in that intro. But either way, I loved it. And we are here for after the year. I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Will Washington. Will, this is our final episode of 2022. Um, I guess I should start off by asking you, uh, man, how have you felt about, you know, getting to do this podcast? I mean, first off, no, this podcast is one of my favorite. This is one of my highlights of the week. I love the fact that I get to look back at the week and uh, remember, it, it helps me look forward to wrestling coming up and it helps me appreciate what i've seen so honestly this has been a complete highlight of my year to have this show um and to have looked back at the stuff from this year has been uh to come up with my list has been something especially to try to find a worst i i had to really go back to figure out what my worst was because i'm like no it's this this sucked no this sucked and then i realized no i know what really sucked um and because i waited on how much of my time was wasted so just know this is gonna be a, a good a freaking good one uh, but so how are you? you? Okay. So when you said that, you know, because we were not sure what format we were going to do for the show and you were like, oh, let's do our normal format except for the entire year. So I was like, okay, I clearly have to think of, you know, different stuff to kind of, you know, put out here, right? Because I've been putting out like so many videos, et cetera. So my worst actually hit me while I was doing my laundry because I was thinking about this. And I even messaged you and I was like, Will, I don't know what my worst is going to be. Like there's just been, you know, so much that happened during the year, but I feel like the worst really happened has to be like something something really great that was so bad it's so great it's so bad right so just know that my worst hit me as i was putting in dirty laundry i can't wait the washer i can't wait to find out what your worst is because there's so much stuff that you like actively hated this year again i was just like going through pictures sometimes i'll just scroll my photos and um I came across a picture when we were at Denise's house and I called her into the room um, because uh, for the maximum that picture on Twitter and I look like yeah. ass will <laughs> I wasn't wearing any makeup yet. I had like a horrible face. I look like shit. And then next thing I know that picture's on Twitter. Yeah, I hold on. First off, I asked for permission before I would never post that without I permission. I be look a diva and be like, no, Will, don't uh, post that picture. I literally turned my phone towards you. I said, can I post this? And you were like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so don't put that on me. But uh, and, and that's still like my contact photo for Denise, too. So every time she texts me, it's that face <laughs> accompanied. It's so great. It's my favorite. No, but that was a maximum male models moment. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That was like a thing Denise really hated. And but I don't know where that falls on your list because we're only doing the one thing you hated more than anything else. So this is going to be an exciting time. 
I know I can't wait and we're obviously doing our three best and I can't wait for that one too because I think that one's going to be a fun discussion as well but just a heads up guys before we continue on with the show uh, if you are new here and this is your first time being part of the show just know that we do take part uh, this isn't a very interactive show so sending your comments take part in the chat and if you do want to help support us and really just get me to keep uh, you know keep this show funded, really, uh, the best way to do so is by sending in super chats. If you do send in super chats, it really just keeps us going uh, each and every single week. And on top of that, uh, even if you watch the show afterwards, I officially enabled the super thanks button. And you can now, if you're watching the show on replay, you can also uh, leave some love if you want on the super thanks portion of the video. But that's up to you. But seriously, let's get into the show. We actually got our first super chat of the day, and this is from Kate and C who says i hop denise meeting a denise meeting a furry uh denise's starbucks order newark be newark some great memories this year cheers to more in 2023 um i forgot that on our whatever i think it was our first episode will you taught me what a furry was that was was that the first episode maybe, maybe it was i i do second. i do recall teaching you what a what a furry was yes absolutely um no that's a memory i'll never forget but uh I don't think it was the first. I think it was pretty early on, though. Um, yeah, I remember all of that. IHOP uh, in Hoffman Estates, and yeah, Denise's Starbucks order that uh, hadn't just and Jesse a, framed it. Jesse framed it. Oh yeah, Jesse framed it too. Yep. And then Newark is Newark. But yeah, there there are some fun memories this year. Are you kidding me? I have plenty of fun memories with Denise alone. We went to uh, New Japan Strong together uh, back in that was That's in when January. We were first getting to know each other. So I don't think people know this about how you and I became friends was really so we first did the Mariah Carey uh podcast that you and I did together and then afterwards we did the raw podcast we might have done some other stuff in between but um you flew here to Los Angeles and you were like hey Denise let's hang out and I was like okay sure let's go hang out let's go to New Japan and I feel like that was the show where uh we really got to know each other because we went to go eat and we had a good time uh and then we went to the uh and here's the thing like I, I like to hang out with people that are nice and that are giving and this and that. Like you learn so much about somebody when you hang out with them. And I will tell you, there was one thing that you did or no, two things that you did at that, at that show where I was like, you know what? Will and I are going to be friends. This is a friendship that I'm actually going to make sure to continue with. I have no idea what this is. I'm well, excited to find out. That, that made me realize we were going to be friends was when we went to go get pizza. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted fries and, but I didn't want to have the whole thing of fries. So we decided to share fries. And I was like, that's a good person right there. Somebody who's willing to share fries with you and only a little bit because you knew you didn't want to eat too much, but just enough. And then the other thing was, um, when we went to uh, New Japan and they had really shitty food and I think either I bought you a cookie or you bought me a cookie. Someone bought someone a cookie, but it was really nice. You might have I, been you. I think you yeah. bought me a water. I probably did. That I forgot what like it was, but you bought me something, okay? And I was like, wow, that was really nice of Will to do that. <laughs> that was like the first time me and Denise had like fully interacted in person. We'd been at like events, uh, but that was like the first time. It really was just because... Uh, I had found out a little early on, obviously, that Swerve was working that show that was like, because uh, that was the first show out of his non-compete. And so uh, I was like, okay, flying to LA. And I thought, well, who do I know in LA? 
duh. Uh, so I hit up Denise. I was like, who do I know in LA who would even want to go to this show? And so I hit up Denise, and then, yeah, we ended up going to that show, and it was dope. Um, you weren't even supposed to originally sit with me, but Reg ended up getting a flat tire because Righteous yeah, Reg was going to go. I he, about that. He did. He got a flat tire on the way, so I was like, you want Reg's seat? And then you ended up sitting. We were front row, so like that was, yeah. that was actually a dope time. And then... Yeah, I ended up seeing you on my family vacation because I go to California. I go to L.A. multiple times a year because that's where I'm originally from. Um, and that's kind of a home thing for me. Um, but, yeah, I ended up seeing you on my family vacation as well. You you are one of very few people that I know via the Internet who has met my entire family. You've met oh, my shit. kids. You've met my wife. You have you've completed I've the, completed the circle. The circle. <laughs> you've completed the circle. Your so cousin. I'm, who else? You, <laughs> like, yeah, you've you've met. Yeah, you. Your great, your great ancestors next. <laughs> yeah, but it's rare. Like very few people have met both of my kids and have met my wife. But you have done that all. And I've I was obviously at your wedding. So yeah, it was really like it's weird. We went from like zero to a hundred on friendship yeah. because like at the beginning of this year it was like eh, we like kind of know each other, and then it was like oh yeah, you're invited to my wedding. And here you are talking to my parents. So like, <laughs> thing, it's funny too because the first time you hit me up, I forgot what it was for. I was like, "Who's this Will guy? And why is he trying to be my friend?" <laughs> of course, uh, that sounds like a very Denise Salcedo thing, actually. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. I think you nailed it on the head where you said that we went from zero to a hundred. So I think that's why you know uh, part of the reason why this podcast has been so enjoyable because it's just friends talking about wrestling, and I think that people can connect to that. And obviously, you know, uh, we got a lot of people on here on this chat. So let's get into this show, guys, because uh, it is 2022, the one of the craziest years in wrestling. We had so much drama, um, so many stories that were breaking constantly. Um, obviously, as people that you know work in the space, we were uh, up to date with absolutely everything that happened. Uh, Will, just for a quick sort of summary before we get into our top three and our worst, uh, what did you think of the year of wrestling in 2022? Like when you look back, how would you describe this year? A complete roller coaster. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, a good example is the American roller coaster, right? Because like um, there's just so much that happened and thinking about the places I was when certain things broke and, uh, you know, th thinking about how this year began, right? Like a, a Tony Khan tweet ended up changing the the entire trajectory of my year because that ended up being, I wasn't even supposed to do a podcast that day. We were supposed to take January 1st off uh, and we ended up having to do a Grapsity because of that tweet. And that ended up being the biggest podcast I've ever done. And uh, that, like I said, kind of changed the entire course of my year. And just thinking about how many things changed throughout the year, talking about um, certain guys jumping companies, releases, retirements, so many things happen. And then like, as far as the on-screen product is concerned, obviously we've seen gigantic seismic shifts as far as uh, the way I say that, but then I know a lot of things have stayed the same. I was going to say as far as the way like WWE is presented, but then that was like a month. Uh, but regardless, we've seen just a lot of shifting and it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy year. Uh, but one that I, in looking back at it, I do have a lot of fondness for certain things. What about you? 
Oh man, I love this year. I, I loved it. I love the chaos. I live for the madness. Uh, the more juicy, the more newsy the year is, the better I live for chaos. And actually Zito Hour had a perfect comment right before I said it, uh, 2022 equals chaos. I love it, man. I'm so excited for 2023. I'm ready for it. We got a super chat here from Mr. CJ Lilly who says, hey there team Winnie's, uh, mad year and number one in education. For Denise is watching the Fightful highlights, Miss Subho, uh, Miss Subhos, how's those subs, uh, substitute teachers? That's an inside joke for a Fightful podcast. Uh, he also says, nice TK interview, Will, super interesting. Love you both, even if we differ on Bray. I love it. Uh, thank you so much to Mr. CJ Lilly for sending in this very, very generous super chat. So here we go. Let's get right into it. Um, Will, it is time for you to share uh, your very best of the year. All right. I'll start with my I'm sorry, your number three best of the my year. My number my three. So not quite my very best, but my almost best. I still think one of the coolest things to take place in 2022 happened at AEW Revolution this year. And that would be CM Punk's entrance at AEW Revolution. So uh, having been in the building and having been following CM Punk, pretty much, I first discovered CM Punk 2005, um, actually via podcasting. I was uh, in, in the realm of podcasting, but I was really just in the mood to talk about WWE stuff. And I had friends who uh, were like, uh, my co-hosts at the time were like, nah, you need to be like keeping track of Ring of Honor. CM Punk, he's a big deal, and he's headed toward big things. He's going to be signing with WWE soon, all of that. And so um, I was like, okay, where do I start? And I, I, I was introduced to CM Punk, and I was uh, introduced to the match with Samoa Joe, and pretty much everything he accomplished in Ring of Honor. We used to do DVD trading and a lot of uh, um, illegal file sharing things along those lines, but I was exposed to a lot of CM Punk in 2005, and one of the things that was synonymous with that run in 2005 was his entrance. And so, um, a lot of people don't realize Cult of Personality wasn't like a WWE thing. That was actually his uh, Summer of Punk theme in 2005 in Ring of Honor, um, and when he got it in WWE, it was supposed to be an homage to that summer. But anyway, prior to that, CM Punk had a theme. It was by AFI, uh, and that, uh, and that's Miseria Conter, by the way. And uh, when that song hit, so of course, first thing that happens on the show is uh, CM Punk or MJF enters to Cult of Personality. Crowd boos. They're very uh, upset about all of this, and then lights go out. And when that opening sound of the theme hit. There's this feeling in the building of what's going on. Uh, and I ended up like, I knew exactly what it was. And I remember leaning over to the guy next to me and I'm like, it's this Ring of Honor theme. And immediately he's like, oh, okay, this is cool. And the people who knew it were all singing along. The people who didn't were just in awe that something special was happening. And the fact that this happened, and it's, it's interesting because uh, Punk talked about the fact that this was the plan all along, right? But... Um, this just happened the week after Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. So it was almost like a, a poetic way to display what was happening, the magnitude of what had taken place that Ring of Honor, is its history is now a part of AEW. CM Punk being one of the uh, most prolific names that Ring of Honor had had and seeing his legacy honored in this way 
was just such a cool moment. And I just remember feeling goosebumps as it was happening. I've gone back and watched it a lot. Sometimes when I'm like down and thinking about like, man, I hate that CM Punk's run came to an end the way it did. I just look back at that entrance and I go, but damn, did I get moments? And I got a moment like this one. Uh, and the match itself was great. I could have put all of this on here, but I specifically wanted to put the entrance because I thought this was a really, really special entrance. It felt, um, like I said, like CM Punk's career had come full circle, that he was having uh, a moment to honor that part of his career, especially considering how much MJF in the buildup had been uh, kind of channeling Ring of Honor era CM Punk and uh, making a lot of references to that time period. For this entrance to take place the way it did, it's one of the coolest things. I was so happy with this. This belongs on my list. It was, and to be in the building for it, too. Great shit. It was phenomenal. And obviously, you know, mentioned the dog collar match. That was freaking great, too. Uh, but the, speaking of that specific moment, I remember being in the crowd when that happened. And it was this feeling of, oh, my God, no way. Because, uh, you know, you know this, but CM Punk is literally like my favorite person, wrestler, whatever you want to say. Um, and I remember like my whole discovery of CM Punk was um, I discovered him because people were saying that they were called, there was this guy that people were calling the God of wrestling during this period. Like there was a lot of people saying, no, oh, he's the God of wrestling, God of wrestling, God of wrestling. I'm like, who's this God of wrestling people are talking about, right? So I remember just kind of like Googling, I was like, okay, CM Punk, I think it was on Daily Motion or something back in the day. And I remember searching him up and, you know, just, I didn't watch anything in order. I just kept clicking on like random uh, Ring of Honor CM Punk matches. And I ended up watching, uh, you know, so much of his work. And it ended up being this thing where I like developed like this an obsession where I was like, oh my God, he's so good. Oh my God, I love him. I'm such a big fan, this and that. And so I was, you know, drawn to CM Punk from that moment. So obviously when this song hit, I was like, Oh my God. And I just remember going like, you are now one of us. Like, it was just like this very passionate um, moment. And I remember afterwards, there was this whole discussion online from people that didn't get it or that they felt, oh, they shouldn't be doing all of these little things that, you know, only these hardcore fans should know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Please, I'm sorry to anybody that was on that side of the argument, but that was a really, really dumb thing to say. Like anybody who thought that, anybody who had a problem with CM Punk doing this theme for, for Revolution, uh, I could not disagree more with those people because it was such an epic moment. And when you are a big fan of something or somebody, uh, you know, you want to have things like that because the fans are going to connect to that, you know? And so for me, like this was definitely something that was nice to experience and i think it was awesome that you added it on your third best yeah. and, and honestly like the reason i was so against that argument was because what do people think cult of personality was like for me i i recognize that it eventually became something synonymous with his best in the world run but like the moment that hit after john cena won the wwe title he beat Rey mysterio in 2011 and then cult of personality hits now, a lot of fans in the crowd were like, what's going on here? Why is the song randomly playing? I, on the other hand, was like, oh, my God, that's the theme he used, Summer of Punk. <laughs> we're getting another Summer of Punk. That's what's happening right now. And then when CM Punk came out, I was like, 
he's paying homage to that run of Ring of Honor when he signed with WWE. For those who don't know, the Summer of Punk run, CM Punk had signed with WWE in the summer of 2005, but he was Ring of Honor World Champion. How can this be? And he not only signed the contract, ultimate heel move, he signed it on the Ring of Honor title. He literally brought the contract out, signed it on the belt itself, and in the biggest dick move possible, he continued to run through the uh, Ring of Honor roster as Ring of Honor champion. Now using cult of personality, he kind of had this I'm better than you attitude as he's walking through the doing his entrance. It was a much slower entrance, but the whole attitude was I've now signed with WWE. You know, you guys are all peons. And he went on this epic run with the belt. And so when he brought cult of personality out in WWE, it was an homage to that. And so it was nice to just see it all come full circle at Revolution. It was one of my favorite moments this year. I was so happy. If you didn't get it, literally one line from Excalibur <laughs> explained it, and I don't know why there was any what discourse. What did he say? Because I never watched it on, like, replay. He literally says, CM Punk hearkening back to his Ring of Honor roots. That, that, okay, that's so all you need. No, yeah, I don't, I don't understand how, how, why there was such an argument. Like, it was there. The line was there. He said it. And like, I'm sorry if you felt left out during this moment. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was... even, okay, but let's say you were somebody who didn't know. Okay, like, let's say you didn't know what the whole purpose was. Let's say you'd never heard the song. You never knew anything about this. So what? There's a bunch of stuff that you don't know. Like, you got it. Like, if, if, if the fans are enjoying it and if the fans connected to that, then so be it. Like, let them have this moment. So that's mm -hmm. kind of how I felt. Like, even if you weren't a fan of this, like, I feel like, you know, it was just a moment. But anyways, uh, yeah. we got a super chat here from Orion Ben 666 who says, Tony Khan kicked off so many things in 2022. Wow. Orion Ben also sends in another super chat saying, um, ROH punk still greater than the non-controversy was dumb. Um, thank you so much to Orion Ben. And yeah, uh, I agree with that. I can't even believe that became a controversy. I, know, I, I, I do agree with that, though. See, a Ring of Honor CM Punk, that's the one thing that I'm like saddest about that I missed out on this year is when you think about the ending to All Out 2022 and what mjf was about to do when he ran the clips uh the the devil clip and all of that and it's like oh he's gonna turn ring of honor cm punk against cm punk this is about to be some cool stuff and it never got to happen <sighs> all righty well we now that. it is time for my number three let's go year. i'm excited <laughs> oh you're putting pressure on me i know okay. this is exciting i, I don't want pressure um okay so i was thinking back to you don't do this will <laughs> <laughs> This is too much. Okay, so I was thinking back to things that I kind of, the, the stuff that I wanted to put on my list were not just specific cool moments, but also things that had, uh, you know, that there was a bigger picture in terms of, you know, sort of, of a changing of the landscape, that type of thing. Like things that were more than just a cool moment itself that led to other things, right? And so with that being said, I had to put Cody Rhodes uh, returning to the WWE at WrestleMania. Um, obviously, everybody at this point knew that Cody Rhodes was going to be the person to wrestle Seth Rollins in this match. And even with that being said, the moment that it actually happened and he came out, it was this like, holy shit, it actually happened type of thing. But the reason that I'm putting it on this list was because at this point, in t well, you know, for Cody, 
to go from AEW to WWE, and especially given, you know, such the huge role that he played in the, you know, the launching and the, the start of AEW, it was something that was like, oh my God, what does this mean? The fact that Cody is now going to WWE, it had everybody thinking like, okay, um, what's happening here? Because so, so much of what we were getting was all of this WWE guys going to AEW, going to AEW. And I remember talking about this on multiple podcasts thinking like, you know, the perception of WWE right now looks really bad. And obviously so much ended up changing, but one of the things that kind of, uh, ended up being like, I don't know if you want to say get the ball rolling, whatever, but having Cody Rhodes go back for whatever his reasons were, it was definitely something that was newsworthy. And it kind of, it, it really just kind of changed the landscape a little bit. And obviously there was something else that happened later on that ended up changing the landscape a lot more. But this was definitely something that I think was just like, holy shit, if Cody Rhodes went back to WWE, what else can we expect type of deal? Oh, yeah. I remember where I was. I was in Atlanta, actually. Go figure. Um, when I had the first conversation with Sean Rossap about, uh, hey, Cody's not under contract anymore. And uh, we, were, we were having this conversation, and it was one of those, like, Sean was about to publish the story. And I remember talking to some people who were like, it's not a big deal. You know, Cody's going to re-sign with AEW. It's probably just a negotiation tactic. And my brain went, guys, like free agency is, is interesting, right? Because usually people don't let themselves get to free agency unless they're seeking other options. Like um, there was the, the story that Kevin Owens might be headed to AEW, right? That was like the talk all through 2021. Um, and Kevin Owens never even got the free agency. For Kevin Owens got, signed a new contract offer before even becoming a free agent. And the fact that Cody Rhodes became a free agent while TNT champion, again, it just raised all these eyebrows. And yeah, we sat for months without Cody Rhodes, right? It was like after he lost the TNT title, guy's not on TV for a little bit. Uh, he's not on AEW TV. It, it was pretty much known he was going to WWE, but in what capacity, right? I remember uh, I did – what show was that I did? Were you on it, or was I filling in for you? That's right. Okay, I did uh, – it was back when you were still on uh, – we're live, pal. Um, but uh, I – because I'm like, yeah, I was having the conversation with Andrew Zarian, but that's what it was. Uh, and we were talking about – what would Cody Rhodes being in WWE look like? Would it be all callbacks to his original run? Would he be coming out to, wow, you're only smoking mirrors? Like, what is he going to do? And I remember thinking, I don't, th I, I said at the time, I don't think Vince signed Cody to get the old Cody back. If I were Vince, I were, I'd be looking at AEW Cody and everything that comes with it. And I remember that raised some eyebrows at the time. I remember Andrew looked at me like, okay, so you're thinking he might have like kingdom and all of that? I'm like, I think so. I think Vince like got all of it. I think he didn't sign the legacy Cody Rhodes. He wanted the American nightmare. And I remember feeling like that's a possibility, but like 30% possible. Watching WrestleMania when those lights went out, you see the pyro and then, Wrestling has more than one. 
royal family. I remember like, oh shit, he fucking did it. Like he didn't just jump ship. He took every single thing with him. He took the music. He took the logo. He took the nickname. He took... They tried to do the Cody Vader twice. It worked at WrestleMania. It did not work on Raw. Um, and But it was that was really what made it feel like a seismic shift because even when people jump from WWE to AEW, there's usually something missing. There's usually, hey, they've got a new theme song or uh, sometimes they have a new name. Something about them is not the same when they've made that jump. But Cody Rhodes took everything all of a sudden this guy that we have seen on AEW TV in this exact fashion for the last two and a half years is now on WWE TV in exactly the same form I remember I had a tweet where I said I was concerned about bringing Cody to WWE because everything that makes Cody Cody isn't possible in WWE like you know he's kind of less formal promo style the fact that cody bleeds all the time literally he showed up in wwe still with the scars from the burns from the one of his last moments in aew i thought all of these things that make cody cody wouldn't be possible in wwe and i was proven wrong because he came fully intact he was talking about wrestling in a time where they still wanted people saying WWE Universe and WWE Superstars, and he's like, no, you fans. And I agree. I'm glad this moment was on here because it wasn't on mine, and I'm like, but I know Denise will do it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, so, yeah, and even, like, that press conference that he did afterwards, because you mentioned, like, him using, like, certain language. I remember when he said, uh, he mentioned the word wrestler, and then he turns to PR and he goes, I'm sorry, superstars, and everybody started laughing. But even just, like, him going out there and kind of, like, talking, he was so open with everything like he was very honest about why he chose to leave AEW at least you know as uh you know I, I feel like he gave a lot of good stuff in terms of that uh I thought that the most interesting part of Cody's press conference was him saying that he wasn't necessarily um you know I guess I forget verbatim but he said like he wasn't mature enough to be in that backstage position because he wanted to do so many of these other things right so it was interesting just to kind of hear him talk about all of this and um dude like i don't know how to say like this had to be on my list because of everything else that followed and just like this kind of being the uh really like the starting point but we got a super chat here from pablo um Krokides, who says happy new year denise and will revolution was the first time we watched it in a movie theater such a communal experience uh miseria cantare uh, popped us all so my uh fiance actually always goes to the movie theaters to watch the aew pay-per-views because i'm always there so he doesn't want to spend like the 50 bucks to watch it here at the house so he ends up going to the movie theaters and he spends like i don't know 30 dollars to watch it so uh he always tells me that it's a really good time to watch it in theaters uh, thank you so much to Pablo for sending this in as well. And uh, let me go ahead and cue you up, Will. It's time. What is your number two of the year? I need to preface this by saying that I don't think this is the best of the series, but it is important to recognize that the reason this is on my list is because it, I think, signified a really important moment in professional wrestling. Can I go back to Ring of Honor again? It's a show that Denise actually worked. Um, this was Super Card of Honor. Uh, and specifically oh, one... Oh my God, was it me? That's no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> one specific match on this show was FTR head-to-head -head with the Briscoes the first time. 
And the reason I put the first one over the other two is because at the, I, I think the third one is the better match. Don't get me wrong. But as far as what's the most important moment, what was the best moment, it was the, the first match. And a big piece of that was this, of course, took place at the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas, uh, part of WrestleMania weekend in Dallas. And the atmosphere was off the charts from the moment the entrances ended. Everybody's chanting, holy shit. Just the idea that FTR, a team that, you know, really made a name for themselves in NXT as one of the greatest teams to, to ever do this. Uh, but not necessarily a team that we could have ever seen tying up with the Briscoes. Like, even as... FTR had jumped over to AEW. The Briscoes weren't in AEW. This wasn't necessarily a thing that we really saw possible. And then at the end of Final Battle last year, uh, that was the first little inkling that, okay, this is about to be a thing. The Briscoes and FTR, let's go. And, but at the same time, it was like, but when? When could this possibly happen? Because we don't even know what Ring of Honor is going to look like in the future. And so Super Card of Honor takes place. FTR, the Briscoes, again, atmosphere is off the charts. Half the arena screaming uh, top guys, the other half screaming dim boys. And it was top guys, dim boys, top guys, dim boys. From the lockup on, it was just insanity in that place. I feel like it never died down. People were just screaming their heads off through this entire match. And, uh, of course, as a match... It completely delivers. Uh, really, this was just a masterclass in tag team wrestling. Um, FTR, specifically Dax Harwood, especially uh, working the the injury with uh, just really selling the brutality of the Briscoes throughout the match, um, and of course with the Ring of Honor tag titles on the line. Again, this was one of those periods where we had questions about what the future of ring of honor held and what did the future of ring of honor mean did that mean that the belts were going to ftr did that mean that they were going to stay with the briscoes who knew in this uh case but watching it as it's all going down was just insanity i was there with righteous Reggie phil Lindsay. that was uh really the first show that the three of us as rap city had attended um you know i had been to shows with Reggie before i had been to shows with phil before but the three of us had not been to a show together and so uh we were just experiencing this we were screaming our heads off of course, uh, FTR ends up getting the victory. They win the tag titles. Um, and just when you think, like, nothing else insane could happen here, the Young Bucks run out. And, of course, the Young Bucks have a famous rivalry with uh, both teams uh, going back to Ring of Honor. They've shared the ring with uh, with the Briscoes, I want to say, like, 50 times. Um, don't quote me on that. But, of course, then... You know, there's always the online rivalry between the Young Bucks and FTR as far as who's the better team. And so when the Young Bucks run out and them having ties to both teams, it just felt like an insane moment. Like, I can't believe what I'm witnessing here. This just felt really important. And thinking about what it kicked off for FTR. FTR arguably had uh, the best rivalry of their careers with uh, that series of matches they had with the Briscoes. They went on to go to Death Before Dishonor, where they had the two out of three falls match. And then at Final Battle this year, they, of course, had the double doll collar match. Through all of that, that's considered some of the best stuff FDR's ever done. I think the double doll collar match is probably the best match of the series. But really, 
it none of that happens without this match and just being a part of wrestlemania weekend it just felt really special this was good shit and it goes this was i think like you nailing this one with putting this one at number one i think is the right call because i mean number two but number one in the series was the right call because like you said without this moment you wouldn't have had everything else that followed and i think that like when you go back and you look at like tag team wrestling for the year or you look back at ftr like everything that ftr and the briscoes did is what pops into people's minds and i remember my experience of this match was really cool because i was in the production truck for this so i was actually getting the control like the control room view of this so they had like um, they told me that I forget how many cameras they had, but they had less than they usually do for dynamite. I think they told me for dynamite, they have like 14 cameras or something. And this time they had like six. So it was half of what they normally have, but they still had all of these screens. So you were getting all of these different um, versions. So this was cool because I was watching the match. Um, like what you what everybody was seeing on television, but I was also seeing all the other camera shots. So I kind of got to see um, you know, just so much of what you're not seeing when the camera's not on there. And on top of that, I was getting the camera of like Tony and everyone backstage that was like, you know, on their headpiece, you know, making sure that, you know, things go, you know, what, what they're supposed to do. So I was just sitting there kind of like studying this entire thing. And so for me, it was a really cool moment because I kind of got like a different view of what a match like this how a match like this gets put together, not just from the wrestler perspective, but also from the production perspective and how the uh, wrestlers and the agents and everything work with the production team to make sure that, you know, they get the right camera shot, that they know, okay, you know, this is what's gonna go down next. Make sure that you have the camera queued up on here, uh, you know, get closer here. It's gonna be time to pull out because, you know, this is gonna happen, whatever, whatever, right? So just really seeing all of that get put together was, you know, kind of magnificent. So it was kind of cool because you were seeing this really great in-ring action, but then also seeing like the production side of it, which was awesome for me. So it was something that definitely uh, sticks out, but we got a couple of super chats here. Um, this one is from hello it's crash um thank you so much for sending in this very generous super chat um seriously it's much appreciated these super chats really keep our show funded so thank you so much amir f sends in a super chat saying if you could book anarchy in the arena 2023 who would be in it and whose music would be playing most of the match this is a really good freaking question i feel like you definitely have to bring back eddie kingston for this because that image of him just like walking out all bloody with the gasoline tank was unforgettable um i would like to see darby because he's freaking crazy and you know you'd get some really crazy things um who else would you put in here that would be like super just going in there john moxley i feel still has to be in this because john moxley obviously you know he just does crazy stuff too who's somebody that you would like to see so you know what's interesting is um i've never thought about a second anarchy in the arena but i had thought about a second blood and guts and i suppose they kind of go hand in hand right because um usually when they do one it's a rematch of the other and you know i the person i want to see in a blood and guts match is sting and thinking about all the crazy things Sting has already done this year, I would also want to see him in Anarchy in the Arena, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with Darby being there. So that's that's a guy I'd want to see. Um, what music would I want to hear? Who Obviously, has, like, your favorite theme song? Well, it has to be something licensed, right? Because uh, it has to be something that the crowd knows that like really makes the moment here. And because 
God, I can't think of what it would be, to be honest. I don't know, but I want something that like gets me hyped, man. Yeah. Maybe even something I could sing along to. <laughs> I you mean, know? honestly, okay, maybe not licensed. Uh, imagine I, 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 I Jungle Boys song. I was thinking Jungle Boys, but I, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that would make the match feel a little silly. But you right. know what wouldn't? So the Elite hasn't gotten to have uh, another one of these matches. They, of course, had the first Stadium Stampede, and Anarchy in the Arena is kind of a sequel to Stadium Stampede. I'm going to say Kenny Omega's music. I think hearing Battle Cry and those guitars while the action's going is actually the one. That's the one. All righty. Amir F., thank you so much for sending in this super chat. And let me just catch up here with the chat. All right. Let's get to it. Uh, what number are we on? Oh, my number two. Your, your number All two. right. So my number two is kind of, uh, it's not a specific moment, but rather this person's a whole year because this person had a year that was unlike any other. And I think you know who I'm talking about. It is MJF. So I'm putting MJF's wild AEW year as my second. And the reason for that is for this is he obviously got to, uh, you know, feud with CM Punk, which we talked about earlier. Uh, everything that happened with him and Wardlow as well. Uh, all the drama that unfolded at AEW Double or Nothing that had everybody talking. I still remember being at GCW the night before when this whole news broke and everybody was like do you think mjf's gonna be there do you think mjf's gonna be there i have no freaking idea what's going on um the match it's the moment when mjf actually came out at double or nothing and everybody was like holy shit and then he gets in the ring and he does the little plane dance um that you know, him getting defeated by wardlow then doing obviously the image that i just showed right now that promo from uh from from the mjf's pipe bomb in the first ever AEW dynamite in los angeles uh i ranked that my number one best moment uh in AEW for 2022 because i loved it and even i went back and like found it on youtube and <laughs> i rewatched the entire find. thing <laughs> No, it's pretty easy, actually. It became up, like, in the top three. Like, someone I'm, had it on there. I don't know I was going to say, because AEW has been scrubbing it. Uh, well, and... I got lucky, and I found it <laughs> in a really good quality, too. It's still so, on my DVR, so, I, like, that's one of those ones I'm never letting go. Right. So um, so I went back, and I, like, re-listened to it, and it was one of those things where I was like, God damn, you know, like, obviously, like, the last final moments with him, you know, Kurt, like, saying what he said about Tony and just, you know, the ex-WWE stars and everything. So all of that then him essentially being gone, you not knowing what's going to happen, him finally coming back. Unfortunately, that was overshadowed by the elite CM Punk drama. But then fast forward to him finally winning the title and getting to start this whole brand new era of MJF. So when you really think of somebody that just went from like, um, he because he, you know, MJF was already popular, but I feel like he really just grew in superstardom for the year, this particular year, like things just like blew up for him. I can't think of anybody else that had a year like this, like not just like news wise, buzz wise, but story wise, all of the promos, uh, the promo with William Regal, the promos that he, the, the promos that he did with William Regal, the promos that he did with CM Punk, um, God, uh, the Ricky Starks promo, and I'm forgetting so many others that are in between there. But there was just so much that happened that I feel that MJF had one of the greatest years uh, for somebody in wrestling, at least for this year. And it's crazy that he did it while only having like seven or eight matches. Right? <laughs> Which is wild as Yeah, like, it's just a th lot. To think about the fact that Kenny's been back 
uh, only since August <laughs> and just had his 10th match of the year on Wednesday. And MJF's been roughly around the entire time. Obviously, he missed like three months, but for the most part, MJF's been around. And Kenny's had more matches. That doesn't even compute. But I, I agree with you. I think that he has had a, a phenomenal year. And just thinking about where it started in the feud with CM Punk, he beat CM Punk in Chicago. And that's a very rare thing. Um, as a matter of fact, there's like, think about AEW's headed to uh, Seattle this week. And I'm pretty sure all of the Seattle wrestlers are probably going to get wins because um, there's many. But. Uh, you know, it's a rare thing. Tony Khan likes to give the hometown crowd what they want. And Chicago, they let MJF get the victory over CM Punk in Chicago. That was a big deal. And uh, it made MJF look like a million bucks. Uh, I think while he hasn't gotten to wrestle a whole lot, every MJF in-ring performance has delivered. And he's the world champ right now. He's got that triple B. There you go. Alrighty, guys. So before we move on to our uh, number, or actually, we're going to do our worst next and then our number one. But before we move into that, uh, we do have a word here from our sponsor, Smack Talk Showdown. Uh, the holidays, the Christmas holiday may be over, but we're heading into a new year and you guys got your gift cards. You got your gifts. You need something to spend it on. Get yourself Smack Talk Showdown. This is a really fun wrestling card game where you cut promos on your friends. Hell, you could even do it by yourself in the mirror, whatever you need to do. Um, this is really fun. You get tasks that you do you get segments that you do as you cut your promos and it's really a good time if you head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com and purchase the game you do get five dollars off your entire order with the promo code denise i have this game i love this game i play it all the time you can check out all of my promo wars videos here on my youtube channel but yeah check it out smacktalkshowdown.com five dollars off your entire order with promo code denise link in the description box below all righty so now it is time for our worst of the year. Who wants to go first? I'm oh, excited. God. Can I go first or you want to go first? No, go ahead. You go first. You go first. I've been excited for your worst. Literally, I've been texting you. Like, I, I have been excited for your worst kind of all day. I want to know what this is. Okay. The worst thing that happened in wrestling this year. So, I remember us talking about this thing on, uh, on one of the shows. Now, I didn't pick it as my worst. This was actually something you picked as your worst. But the reason I didn't pick it on my worst was because I didn't even care to watch it. It was something so bad that there was no way I was even going to watch it, give it the time of day. And when I was thinking back and thinking, okay, I want to give my, some, my worst to something that was truly not good in wrestling, something that was really a bad call, not just something that I considered lame or boring or whatever. I wanted to pick something that I thought overall was trash. And the <laughs> fact that everybody here in this comment section has already guessed it, I don't even need to tell you guys, it is Tyrus <laughs> winning the NWA World's Championship. Um, so come on, bro. This was this was garbage. I'm uh, I'm 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 this. I don't know how else to say it. It was so bad that I to this day have not gone back to actually. I haven't watched this moment. That's how bad it is. I didn't want to give it the time of day. Who in their right mind would have Dyrus become the champ here? 
I'm sorry, but this was embarrassing for the company, embarrassing for the promotion, and embarrassing for the championship. That's my worst. <laughs> was I too harsh? I was not expecting that at all. Uh, no, I, I think this... It's so bad. Yeah. Okay, and like, the, I, feel, I feel so bad saying this, but obviously, you know, the NWA... You know they need a they need a boost of life, man. Like they need like a whole they need a reignition. I don't know. They need a reignite. Excuse me. They need something to blow it up and make it worth watching. Not one thing has made me say, you know what? I should check out the NWA. Nothing. Nothing. I... And this, when you already have me at zero below zero interest, and then this is what you do. That's how bad it is. That I won't even watch it. I won't even touch it. I ain't even there for it. I, I won't even and it, sit and watch this. It's so funny, too, like when you come across Fox News clips of Tyrus with the belt uh, now appearing on Fox News to talk about it. And it's like, I can't think of a man who looks like a bigger dork. Um, and I say this because, like, you know, it's a thing that people have said they want to see a lot. You know, maybe The Rock could win the Universal title and take... The, his the universal title or wwe title or whatever to um hollywood appearances all this stuff and he'd probably look class with it if he did so he's never gonna do it but he probably would look like a million bucks but for whatever reason tyrus with his doofy looking backward hat on uh and like i said because look nobody past the age of like 20 still does that but uh and if you do i'm, I'm not knocking you personally this is just the chance to to dig in on uh, Tyrus, but just him with his, I can't imagine people who watch Fox News watching that and going, I think I'm gonna check out the NWA now. Look at this guy. He looks like somebody who's appealing to me. He looks like somebody who could get me into professional wrestling. Why don't I check out the NWA? I can't imagine this is doing them any favors whatsoever, but I can't imagine people looking at that and going, man, professional wrestlers sure are dorks. Cause like, that right there does not look like somebody I would take seriously. Um, and then, yeah, on top of that, uh, the, it, it's it's a sad fall because I think about those early days of NWA power. And now, I grant, granted, the, the person who was in charge of creative at the time, Dave Lagana, obviously got me too'd. He's out of here. Um, and so he is uh, – not me too. It was speaking out, right? Um, that was the specific hashtag. But, uh, you know, he was the – creative mind behind the original run of nwa power and i remember looking forward to those because it came on tuesdays but i would watch it wednesdays because i wasn't going to watch it live but i had work from home uh every wednesday and i remember i would throw it on and come away from it going you know like it's not the best wrestling show but man is it interesting and now it doesn't have the interesting part now it's just that it, it, it's it's nothing and they keep putting their foot in their mouth i agree with you this is this shit sucked um if there wasn't something i enjoyed uh substantially less this would have been probably number one i uh, yeah i'm sorry but i needed to pick something that was truly so bad that i couldn't even like waste my time with it and on top of that also in terms of like the impact that it kind of had it was just so, so negative so negative for the brand so negative for the championship it just looked really bad and like i'll be honest with you like i've never been intrigued to watch you know what they've been doing and i i don't know to tell you this like this was definitely not going to make me get any closer to turning on my i can't even tell you when the nwa airs when do they air where do they even air i don't even know that's how 
out of the radar they fight. are for me <laughs> by the way but that's okay it's on none fight of it. none of it see didn't even know there you and i'm on fight i have a fight subscription <laughs> i have a fight subscription i didn't even know they were on fight that's how out of the radar the nwa is for me at the moment i'm sorry hey, yeah uh, talk, looking at the stuff the chat saying because yeah there's a lot of great stuff that came out of that run of nwa that initial run when you think about um thunder rosa uh we have eddie kingston we have ricky starks uh eli drake who's now la knight like a lot of stuff came out of that run and nick aldis like really tried to give it his all really tried to stay loyal to that brand and uh when the moment he gave up that's the moment that we kind of saw we we know what's happening here uh we know what this is so we got a couple of super chats hold on a second amir f says one of my funniest moments of the year was the young bucks and cutler as hardy's and lead as the as the hardy boys and lita my first time laughing through an entire match i was there for that I was the one who posted the picture of brandon cutler with the thong uh-huh i forgot about that that was because uh, so that was the rampage before double or nothing um right. and i went to the dynamite before double or nothing my double or nothing trip was so stupid i flew in for dynamite uh and then flew back home on thursday because i had to go to my kids um it was her graduation and then from elementary school so i guess continuation that's the term and then flew back uh for uh, everything else that weekend so um, I, I completed some stuff. I got some good work done that weekend, but, uh, or that I don't know how you did it. I, but I, I, I was, I was in and out. I didn't stay the entire time. So I missed rampage because I didn't get back till Friday night. We got a super chat here from Caden C. Success wrestling made me mad this year. A lot of options. <laughs> uh, thank you, Caden. And, uh, all right, let me make sure I'm caught up here. One second. All right. Um, Will, it is time for you to do your worst of the year my worst of the year i really went over this entire year and i actually backspaced on my choice multiple times at first i just wrote ms entire year and then i backspaced on it and was like okay i'm not gonna do that there are some winners in there the match with logan paul was pretty okay i mean it was good um i'm not gonna discount that but for the most part not a guy i enjoyed and then I started thinking about what about like specific matches I hated and I found little ones here and there. I went back through everything we talked about on this show, but I had to go back before this show ever started. I went back to the beginning of the year. The worst thing to take place this year, and I was there in person. One of my favorite matches of any year. And it's a really hard one to blow, but boy, when you fucking blow it, you blow it. And they blew the Royal Rumble this year. Um, the 2022 Royal Rumble was a dud. I spoke to somebody who works in creative, who didn't understand this Rumble whatsoever. Um, they specifically told me, I don't understand why Randy Orton was where he was in this match. This match took place in St. Louis. And so being in St. Louis... This was a crowd. Most of them were there for Randy Orton. You could hear it. You could feel it when he came out. Everybody's chanting, let's go Orton, RKO, we want Orton. There was a lot of Orton love in the building. And he was only in the match like five minutes. <laughs> and the creative person I spoke to said, I don't understand this. 
knowing that we are putting Orton in this match and he wasn't winning, but it's in his hometown, the smarter move would have been to put him in early in the match and then have him kind of work the long spot in the match, go as long as he can in the match, and then get tossed out by a heel that'll create some heat for the crowd. Not have Randy Orton be in the match for a couple of minutes and then go out. Like, it it was structured weird. Nobody had recognizable theme music. This was the first time that people really started to notice, oh, shit, everybody's theme kind of sucks because there was no pops happening. The biggest pop in the match was for Johnny Knoxville because everybody recognized the uh, the opening strum to, uh, to the jackass theme. That was a pop. Nobody else got reactions. The match was structured badly. On top of that, uh, I know it's an idea people have had for years, and it hadn't happened, but a big reason... That, it happened with Becky Lynch. That's pretty much the uh, only one that I think people were... Um, and, and even still, she didn't lose the title. She walked in as a challenger. But for the most part, we hadn't seen the scenario where somebody walks in champion, loses, but then enters the Rumble and wins. And it turns out the reason we hadn't seen that, because that shit sucks. Um, and the idea that, you know, the, the Rumble is supposed to be that moment that gives us a challenger that can move into a title picture that all of a sudden you've got this field of 30 guys and any one of them can move into the title picture and and change the course of their career or win a title back, whatever. But the thing you don't want to see come out of a Royal Rumble is by the end of it, we're exactly where we started. And the fact that going into it, the rivalry was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and coming out of it, we were like, okay, so it's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Uh, okay, that's it. Like the, nothing about this felt satisfying. The match itself was paced weirdly. I spent a lot of money to get to St. Louis, so I'm also just a little angry about that. Uh, and I didn't spend a lot of money, honestly. My ticket was comped, and um, the uh, uh, hey, the, still money was spent though. But uh, and I stayed with a friend, so. Really, no. Um, I didn't spend a whole lot of money at all. I think like on an Uber. But still, it, it took more my more than nine ninety nine on the peacock. Yeah, exactly. And it took my time. Um, and again, I it's it's a match that because it's so big and it's so epic and it is. I like I said, it's one of my favorite matches of the year. When a rumble is good, it is great, right? Like you know, O five rumble is still one of my favorite. Rumbles of all time. 01 Rumble, great stuff. 2018 Rumble is one of the best Rumbles ever. Um, 2019 Rumble, who won that? That was Seth Rollins, right, Seth? Um, that was a good one, too. Like, I feel like a good Rumble is a good Rumble. 2020 with the, the Brock run and then uh, Drew McIntyre win. When a Rumble is good, it is great. When it stinks, it stinks uh, of epic proportions. And this Rumble was just not it. Worst thing of the year. Uh, oh, oh, that's the other thing. The Royal Rumble sign caught fire. The chat's bringing that up. If this night couldn't have gotten any dumber or weirder, the Royal Rumble sign caught fire. Now, where they had sat media people, we were all in a spot where uh, we weren't directly under the sign, but we were right behind it. So Damn, they, they were didn't... trying to eliminate y'all. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> they were they... like, you guys were mean to us. Let's put you on fire. <laughs> so, because it was the, you know, it, it was... They put us in the uh, the section right off of the floor seats. And so 
it was the rumble sign was right above the floor seats. They evacuated that entire section uh, twice, by the way. So they had to evacuate it because of the the fire that had taken place the first time when Ronda Rousey won the Rumble, which was bad enough, by by the way. I could have given both Rumbles, but I decided specifically men's Rumble um, because that was really bad. Uh, Women's Rumble stunk too. But then they let everybody come back to their seats. In the last five minutes of the match, you see security walking over to everybody going, hey, listen, we're going to need you to leave your seats. Uh, And they evacuate the area, which told me, okay, so... This match is about to be over. And Brock comes in, eliminates people, makes short work of everybody. Pyro goes off. Sign catches fire again. Uh, and and the sign catching fire, by the way, completely ruined Dewdrop versus uh, Becky Lynch because nobody's watching that match in the arena at all. Everybody's looking at this sign that's on fire, the WrestleMania sign. And like there's this gigantic pop when the fire is put out. And, but if you're watching on TV, I'm sure that was really weird because it was like in the middle of the match where nothing was happening. Um, and those two got nothing. I felt really bad for them. It was just a disastrous night. But the rumble itself, I think, was the cherry on top of a shit Sunday. So I remember that I couldn't go to this rumble because I had already a pre-commitment, another job. And so I remember being, I had so much FOMO, man. And then afterwards, when everybody was saying that the Royal Rumble was so bad, I didn't believe everybody. I'm like, nah, they're lying. Because I didn't get to watch it live either. So I had to watch it on, on, on replay. And I'm like, ah, people are probably just exaggerating, right? Then I started seeing all these comments of people saying like, no, it's really bad. And I'm like, well, it's not very often that the entire like IWC actually agrees on something being so bad. So then I, once I actually watched it, I just remember like thinking, my God, I cannot believe that this is what they did. And it was actually pissed me off too, because the Royal Rumble is the event that like casuals tune into it's the one that like maybe laps fans still tune into because it's so easy to get people interested in the royal rumble the whole the concept is so much fun to watch so the fact that they ruined one of the most fun things that wrestling fans or WWE fans whatever you want to call them uh look forward to every year i look forward to the royal rumble every freaking year man so for them to ruin it and um do that i remember it pissed me off so much i'm like how dare you do this but anyways um what i will say now is that also 2023 this rumble has to be like one of the best rumbles it has to be really good just to make up for last year's rumble oh yeah and i think it can be i think they have the potential to make for some epic moments i think that uh hunter knows the pressure is on because this is his first rumble uh and i i think it's going to deliver I wish I could be there, um, but I've done the Rumble in San Antonio before. I did it, what was that, 2017, Randy Orton won. That was okay, but I got to see Cena versus AJ Styles in that same building, so uh, thumbs up of the for the experience overall. Uh, also, Roman Reigns versus uh, Kevin Owens was also pretty good, which is about to happen at the Rumble again. Huh, didn't even think about that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so but this Rumble, just so bad. And honestly, I think it was the, it it should be the final nail in the Vince McMahon Royal Rumbles coffin in like a perfect way to think about how his run running the company hopefully permanently ended. 
Alrighty, we got a super chat here from Deontay Swainier. Thank you so much. Who says, uh, Stardom Show was amazing this year of 2022. Wrestling has been insane. And we have one more day. Lord have mercy. Will and Denise love you. Happy New Year. Thank you so much to Deontay for all the constant love and support that you've been sending into the show. It's much appreciated, seriously. Um, 2023 is about to be a, a huge year for Stardom, by the way. And Stardom, uh, I think, honestly, like Rossi deserves so much credit for the growth of Stardom this year uh, and how stardom i think i've seen more buzz for stardom just in 2022 than i've seen in any year i've been covering pro wrestling so like the growth of stardom i think has to be commended for what they did in 2022 and the fact that there's rumors that sasha is going to be working the stardom show in april um i think they're about to have their biggest year ever all righty well what was the number one best thing that happened in wrestling for this year it's time now this one because i did a top 10 best my favorite wb matches and my top 10 aw um moments uh so this was not on any one of those lists because it didn't coincide with what i was you know doing so this is like brand new information here so here we go let's get into our most favorite will what was your number one hmm well if you don't mind, I'm going to give uh, Denise a boot for a second because... Uh, I'm, I'm being booted? Just for just just for a second. You're uh, holding on to your number one? No. Um, I am... I'm actually, like, booting you from the screen for a second. Because, oh, okay. folks... Uh, so, if you look behind me, there's a little poster there that says, Anarchy in the Arena. And part of the reason that that poster had to go there was because... And now you're back. Anarchy in the arena was the best thing I saw this year. I'm so glad that somebody brought it up and actually asked about it because uh, that was an experience in the arena. Uh, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Double or Nothing, the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club. This was just absolute chaos you talk about what you wanted to see i remember denise mentioning earlier this year when she and i reviewed survivor series she mentioned um what she wanted to see out of something like uh war games and that's uh, a match that's of chaotic nature where shit is just going down this match was that uh being in that building the screaming did not stop uh, everybody was just going crazy because there was just stuff happening everywhere you looked in the arena. I don't even know how the cameras were able to capture that, uh, but I went back and watched it today just to be certain this was my number one pick. I could not believe uh, you had just all this insane brawling going on. Wild Thing is playing through it all, uh, and it's just on a loop. It plays a couple of times through. It was a bloody affair, as I mentioned uh, I've told the story before, but my wife got Matt Menard's blood on her, uh, and she was just having this crazy time with it. She's just screaming her head off uh, because she can't believe what's happening in front of her. Literally, she goes to the restroom to clean the blood off her foot. When she comes out of the restroom, literally, there are wrestlers brawling outside the bathroom's, <laughs> bathroom door. Uh, and she's just like, oh, shit. I think you can even see her in one shot, like, coming out of the bathroom and looking down and going, oh, shit. I, I, didn't realize this, uh, but it's just complete insane action, complete insane storytelling. You mentioned the shot of Eddie Kingston coming down with the gas can. 
that is now a, an iconic shot. And he was literally going to set these motherfuckers on fire. This is so great. Uh, and, and of course, the story here of Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson not getting along, but them both being tied to John Moxley, so therefore they have to get along for this match, uh, turned out to be a really great part of this story. Everything about this was just complete insanity. Um, honestly, I, I wish that maybe not here, but at least at blood and guts that that would have been the end of the Jericho appreciation society and Blackpool combat club stuff because it really went on too long. But thinking about this particular moment, I haven't experienced a thing like this in an arena before, but even watching it back on TV, it deserved every star it got. It was just complete insanity. My God, Justin Roberts' intro to it was completely epic. Uh, <laughs> when Justin Roberts hits hits the microphone at the beginning of it, this was the craziest thing that AEW's ever done in terms of uh, putting on a match in an arena. We knew Stadium Stampede, the previous two Double or Nothings, were, was an epic thing, but those were, of course, cinematic matches that didn't really play into the crowd. Uh, I guess the second one kind of did, but of course, half of that match was pre-taped. Sorry if I told you how the sausage was made, but uh, in this particular time to do the whole thing in front of this audience, epic shit, best thing that's been done all year. It deserved every star it got. I loved it. This was freaking cool. And I think you said kind of the same thing I did too uh, when I was talking about this for my top 10, because... Um, it was the thing that you knew you were experiencing something that was really cool, right? Because I remember being there and I had this moment of like, oh, I don't even know what to do. I was just standing there and I remember there was just so much going on that I legitimately, like I would look one second over here and turn over there. Oh my God, there's guys over there. What the hell's going on over there? This is my closest thing. So I'll look over here. There was so much where you didn't even know where to look. And I remember when I realized like, oh my God, they're not stopping the music. This is going to keep going. And it ended up being this like real cool vibe where uh, you really did have like the perfect combination of a wrestling show and a rock show all in one so it felt like pretty unique and just like exciting and um this was definitely one of like my favorite moments to like be like there that like getting to experience it live I have never gone back to watch it on a tv because part of me is like huh, like I don't kind of want I don't want it like the experience of my live experience to be like changed or altered with the tv version of it but um Man, I had a really good time watching this live. So I, I agree with you. I'm putting it up there. Uh, we got a super chat here from Amir F. who says, imagine if we could get uh, CMFTR. Man, what am I? Can't, oh, oh, CM Punk FTR. And the Briscoes versus the Elite with Cult of Personality playing continuously. Um, damn, bro. That would be great, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. That would be probably the biggest thing they could they do. They could do that after we get CM Punk and Kenny Omega. Or, or after whatever they want to do. Oh, that, that's that's right. That's your that's your that's prediction. My prediction. Right? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> now it has to happen. Well, I'm manifesting here. You got to manifest. You know. Um, thank you so much to Amir F. I'll, I saw that eye roll. Will I saw that? Eye <laughs> I mean, look, I, I I'll say this. I I am of the feeling that I think we do get CM Punk back, but I think it has to come with like at least a year of not working with the elite at all like you work over here you work over here fine and... then i'll make the same prediction in 2024 <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna keep making this prediction till i die 
<laughs> luckily, there is content you can get out of CM Punk if he does return, uh, where there's still unfinished business. There's still, like, the MJF feud's not over. Like, there's stuff they can do before they have to get to that. But ultimately, that's stuff people want to see. We got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson who says, uh, Eddie Kingston is that guy, the definition of F around and find out, hoping he becomes a champ in 2023. Uh, thank you so much to, to Sheldon it. Jackson for sending in this generous super chat. And um, okay, so it's now my turn for my number one of the year. No idea what you could have possibly picked. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. I Even with the hint she just dropped about how it's not on either list nothing's coming to mind right now okay well if you recall i said that i wanted to pick things that had a uh you know a big change a big impact in the entire you know business the entire landscape of the thing will what was the thing that you would say really changed the game here keyword uh, i literally dropped the ball oh, yeah there. yeah i know you did uh because <laughs> it is hunter taking over wwe <laughs> Uh, yes. And that is, yep, yeah, exactly. I chose Triple H running creative for WWE as my number one, uh, best thing to happen in wrestling. And the reason I say this is because I sat through some really, really bad Vince McMahon. Okay? <laughs> I lived it. I sat through it. I had to watch it for hours on end and then come up with something to say about it. And it got to the point where it was just really, really bad. And, um, you know, obviously everything that went down with Vince, that was awful, right? But it led to, you know, getting to have Triple H take over for creative. And that to me was, I know that, you know, things have been, you know, there's been some stuff that have been great. There's been stuff, some stuff that's been mediocre. But for me, I'm more excited about like the possibility of what can happen, you know, especially now that we're, you know, about to start off mania season. I'm really excited to see like, what he's going to do now now that i kind of feel he has a little bit more i don't explain like now there's more in terms of just the fact that we're heading into wrestlemania season i'm just expecting so much during that so i'm really hoping that things go well on that side of things because i just want to watch good stuff man i really do not want to watch some of the stuff that we've been seeing. Uh, there are still a lot of things that I don't like that has been part of the programming, which you guys know because I talk about it every week. But I'm hopeful, okay? I'm very, very hopeful. And at least I'm not watching the same match over and over again, okay? Like that to me, chef's kiss. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So there you go. That was my number one. Wow, not what I was expecting at you all. You seem disappointed. Um, um I mean, because well, what was I gonna? Okay, I was trying to like, okay, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, obviously Vince McMahon retiring, that was huge, but I didn't want to put it on there and be like Vince McMahon retiring. So I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, look at this from a different angle. All right, well, it's Triple H taking over for creative. Yeah, I mean, it it is an exciting thing, right? It has changed the landscape of professional wrestling in the sense that you There's know, any hope now. There's, there's hope, hope and i think there's you know the options even just a year ago in professional wrestling for a lot of people were either i'm going to aew or i'm going to swallow my pride and work for some money right like it wasn't necessarily a people wanting to work for vince because people weren't feeling creatively fulfilled for a long time and uh i think it, it is important to recognize that now, like what we want to see out of professional wrestling is a landscape where 
each company is challenging each other to make each other better. Because when you can do that, then what you're doing is uh, you're creating an environment where the companies have to fight to keep their pro wrestlers because uh, they have to make sure they're providing the best environment. And the fact that, uh, you know, Hunter, a lot of guys who are familiar with Hunter want to go work for him. Um, that's that's a good thing, right? Because you hear people who work for Tony who do want to work for Tony. And so you hear that from both sides. And it's like to see an environment where those who have the best options available for their wrestlers are going to be the ones that uh, move the, or that draw talent is going to make everybody try harder. And I think that people wanting to work for Hunter is a good thing. Um, and he's, he's at least given second chances to a lot of guys. Has a lot of it worked out? Not really. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but what has worked out is at least proof that, um, there's at least another creative voice in WWE. Look, WWE has been run by the same guy for the last ever. Uh, when you talk about the booker in a wrestling company, there's only ever been one booker in WWE as far as the main brands are concerned, and it was Vince McMahon. There's been heads of creative, various different ones, but the booker was always Vince McMahon. And to know now that the top wrestling company in the world is not run by him anymore and is run by somebody who uh, has been in the business and has a little bit of just a different view of it because they see it from a perspective of having been in it, and seeing it from the top down, having run NXT all those years, it's an exciting thing. I think ultimately it is the grandest change that's happened in professional wrestling history, really. The question is just, I want to know what a full year of Hunter looks like. Like, obviously he's had to keep up the continuity of what Vince has had to do. Some of it's worked, some of it hasn't. Um, I think he's done a really good job with the Raw Women's Division. SmackDowns, on the other hand, is... It's uh, improved. It's improved from the previous SmackDowns that were really rough. I would say SmackDown improved. You know what? I'm going to disagree with you, Denise. Ooh. Um, I let's go. Well, I went. Go. I went back and watched some old SmackDowns from Vince era earlier this year. There was some good shit in there. Um, and what I mean by that, I'm specifically referring to the women's division. Specifically referring to Charlotte and Naomi had a friggin' banger of a main event. The women have not main evented SmackDown under Hunter. Not once. Um, and I think that it's really just because his SmackDown brand right now uh, doesn't have it. There's no combination I would main event SmackDown with uh, under Hunter right now. There's He's got to really shuffle that division up. But right now, looking at it, like if you were to book a women's main event right now using just the women you have on SmackDown, who would you put in it? Well, unfortunately, we'd have to put Ronda in it. But here's the thing, though. You're just focusing in on the women, though. The guys have been doing a lot of really great stuff on SmackDown. So, like, so, he made the Intercontinental Championship mean something again. Gunther has been booked pretty well. We've been getting some awesome matches. Uh, I agree there. with you there. So that's why I disagree with you, Will. Because yeah, okay, I so, so I, was, I was specifically talking Smackdowns. I was specifically talking about the women's division. But, like, because yeah, that's... Okay, the women's division right now, it's not that it's, great. It's, 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 it's really bad right now. Oh, okay. yeah, it's a dud on SmackDown. I, I, like, that's where I'm feeling like the balance is off because 
But there's not a whole lot of everything. Everything was bad. The <laughs> only thing that you had to look forward to on SmackDown was Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. That was it. There wasn't anything else that I enjoyed watching on SmackDown previously. Um, do I have to remind you how many times I watched Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin? <laughs> Bro, I no, nearly no, died. I, I, I think SmackDown is the better overall show. Like, I'm looking forward to watching SmackDown tonight. I'm actually really oh excited about it. Be been, looking for, yeah, been looking sure. forward to it all day. Um, because like on the other hand, I think Raw has a lot that's like dull, and like for the most part, I like dorky, yeah, a lot of dorky yeah, stuff. yeah. Raw is, is kind of a slog to get through most weeks, but it's like okay, at least they have a women's division that's shiny. And on the other hand, it's SmackDown where it's like okay, this is an exciting show, but man, the women's division sucks. I really want Hunter to find that balance, and I don't know when he's gonna find that. And I feel like after a year, I'm willing to look back and evaluate how it's all gone. I think this is going to be the real test, like the full year 2023. And hopefully he gets that full year, uh, you know, in terms of we don't want, you know, Vince coming back and budding it and, you know, changing things up. And, you know, this was obviously a topic that you and I discussed heavily, but I want to see um, with, with the fact that, you know, you have to put on a really good uh, consistent television building up to WrestleMania like this to me is the real test, the build up to WrestleMania right here yeah. and if this fails then there goes my hope for the year um but i'm looking I, I forward hear, to this i hear by the way uh january 2nd uh that is gonna be a big show for that's WWE. the first raw of the year right yeah okay uh -huh. yeah. well i'm looking forward to it um all right we got a super chat here from JB's Productions. It says, Happy New Year to Denise and Will. Shout out from the UK. Thank you so much for watching, uh, for watching and for supporting and sending in the super chats. Much appreciated, man. Uh, Broadway Joe sends one in saying, please, God, no, no punk verse. Uh, he needs to work the elite when he comes back and do the job for Omega. Otherwise, don't bother with him. TK got to take charge. Uh, thoughts on this? I think, I mean, look, for me, if you bring in, C when you bring in CM Punk, um, I do kind of like, I mean, there's obviously going to be, they got to find a way to build up to, because, you know, story-wise, storyline-wise, they didn't, you know, talk about anything that went down, right? So they got to work their way to it story-wise. Obviously, we know, uh, you know, people that are following the news know what's going on, uh, but, you know, they got to explain it on TV. But yeah, I'm, I would want to see like, you know, the first big pay-per-view, whenever he comes back, the first big pay-per-view after that, or maybe the one after that, I would already want to see, like, you know, CM Punk, Kenny Omega, something like, like that. Like, I don't, like, when I say that, because I know you're, you're referring to, like, the Cody-verse stuff, where Cody was so disconnected from AEW that he's literally having matches that nobody cares about. With, he's having a few with QT Marshall and a few right. with Right, I wouldn't want that for CM like, Punk. don't do that. But, like, obviously, there's some middle ground, right? Like, if he's not working the elite, he can still work say Adam Cole. Um, that's a guy that, yeah. you know, Punk is, has talked up. There's still, um, I mean, there's, you know, revisiting Darby is a good one. Like I said, MJF is still there. Uh, Brian Moxley, like there's a lot of guys there that Punk can work uh, that don't necessarily have to be the elite. I think you can get to the elite. I just don't know if you have to start there. That's all. Right, but I don't want to start like bottom of the barrel, man. Like I don't want to see CM Punk no. versus like some guy that I don't even care about, you know? No, I, I think that if he comes back, like MJF has to be the place to go. You got to tie that end up. Like right now they're one and one. They never finished that feud. They were supposed to coming out of All Out. Uh, like if I were going to bring back CM Punk, that's exactly how I would do it. Is after MJF's next retention, whenever that is, if Punk's ready to come back, then I would have 
lights go out and this time like have mjf like a couple of mjf clips run and then like show the back of punk's head and uh punk makes his way out and ooh, and you know where i would do it ubs arena that's where i would bring him back mjf's hometown in the same way that mjf came out in chicago and confronted punk i would do the opposite and have punk confront mjf in ubs arena that's how i'd book that give it to me Give me See? the fucking book, Tony. See? We're excited. We're excited. <laughs> yes. oh, We're excited. Well, I'm excited about 2023. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see. Um, but either way, thank you so much to Broadway Joe for sending in your thoughts here. And uh, we got a couple more super chats. Then Huge Drum says, uh, hey, guys, love the show. What do you think 2023 holds for Mustafa Ali? Uh, Mustafa Ali. I think he could be the next big thing if you let him. Thank you so much, Brandon, for this. Um, you know, so I say, I've said this before, but if you go to my channel and you watch my, if you click on the most popular videos, I believe Mustafa Ali's interview is either at number four or number five. I forget. But it is up there, man. Uh, people love the guy. He gets a shit ton of views. Um, he is somebody that I, I feel bad. I, I, I've kind of lost hope with what they might might do. I don't think they're going to do much with him. I, I've lost a little bit of hope there. Um, I think he has. I don't think it's happening in 2023. I hope it does. But I think he has to go elsewhere because uh, there's just a disconnect with him. Uh, there's two things. One... He is very much not liked by one specific person in creative. That person has way too much, uh, way too much pull, I think, for Ali to ever get past that. Uh, and the other thing is, even when he was back earlier this year and uh, they were kind of trying to do some stuff with him as a babyface, it wasn't really connecting with the crowds. I think he really needs that kind of hardcore crowd to get behind him. And uh, I would just like to see him in that kind of environment that can be more conducive to his style of pro wrestling because he doesn't really captivate crowds in a way where I love Ali. I, I want to see him succeed. I think he needs to do it elsewhere. And I think he knew that too. I think that's part of requesting his release last year and not being able to get it. He's, he's ready to go. Uh, yes. Uriel sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Uriel Landeros, who says, Happy New Year's, guys. Finding your content was the highlight of the year. Legit. Speak Now Pro Wrestling, Grapsity, Day After Dynamite, and After the Week have been lifesavers. Thank you so much. Uh, Uriel also, also says, here's to even more success for you, too. Uh, thank you so much for the support on this podcast and all the other podcasts and for also sending in the super chat. It really means um, a whole lot to us. So thank you so much to Uriel as well. Uh, we have a super chat from uh, G. GL81, who says, thoughts on surprises for women's rumble this year? Uh, Naomi, question mark. Um, as for Naomi, I don't know. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with, well, I don't want to say a lot of it's going to depend on what Sasha Banks does, because I think that, you know, they're going to go, they're not going to go the same path, right? Like they both have different paths to follow. Sasha Banks' path is not Naomi's path. Naomi's path is not Sasha Banks' path. So maybe I shouldn't say that, but yeah, I could see Naomi coming back to 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 wwe honestly i could see it and then um i could see it a lot more for naomi than sasha banks honestly right now and for other women that i think we would see or should be seen i'm trying to think if there's anybody that i would really want i mean obviously there's always the nostalgic the nostalgic acts that you can bring in those are always fun maybe they'll bring back uh you know mickey james again i don't know do you have anybody that really sticks out to you 
I mean, this is the time to bring back Charlotte. Um, oh, yeah, Charlotte. I don't think there's a better time to bring her back. Uh, and she's, I think, the name that's going to matter the most there. I truly do not know what Naomi does. Um, I don't know. By the way, for those who haven't seen my current percentage on Mercedes Watch 2023 is 90%. You should make a website for it <laughs> where people can tune in and see your percentage and just a little yeah. picture of you and a little per and a little pic and a little picture of her just and then your percentage right in the middle. <laughs> well, I met 90. Now, what's your percentage for Mercedes? You're at 90? Uh-huh. Remember I told you mine's always going to be 1% more, so I'm at 91 oh. then. Okay, you're right. So whatever 91. you are, just add one. Yeah, I I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fairly clear what's happening with her by Wednesday I know, afternoon. January 11th maybe no no I yeah by then for sure but I think Wednesday afternoon I think will be pretty clear hell I think you may Wait, even get this coming Wednesday afternoon uh-huh okay I, I think it should be fairly clear uh so either way I'm at 90 percent as far as she's concerned I think All right. and, and keep in mind I've given Denise some credit here just I told two months. You she wasn't going to be in Survivor Series. Two months ago, I was like, "Nah, man, I'm like 80 percent sure she's going to be at Survivor Series." And once that didn't happen, my percentage just went whoop. If you haven't seen my interview with Tony Khan, there's one specific moment in there, one specific way he answers a question where he probably could have shut the rumor down and didn't. And uh, considering the way WWE is kind of actively trying to like temper expectations on The Rock right now, because as a company, they're like, "Oh shit." We don't want people buying tickets based on The Rock right now because we don't know if we got them. Um, and so they're making sure everybody in wrestling media kind of knows, like, hey, stop pushing that Rock narrative right now because we don't know. Um, you I, know I feel like I feel I like Tony would do the same. Oh, I'm at 99.9%. Okay, I'm going, I'm going 99.9%. Screw it. That's where I'm at. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I love it. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be there at the show. So I'm going to make, I'm going to record my reaction too, but watch it be somebody that, watch it not be, watch it not be Mercedes. And then I'll be like, oh, then you're just going to have like depression. Not Again, though. You're going to see like the wave of, oh. Again, as I think wrestling I, th I think wrestling companies would have shut it down. But that's like it, isn't it? That's all we got, huh? All right. I believe so, actually. All right. So there you go, guys. That was our show, uh, our after-the-year final roundup. But seriously, thank you guys so much for tuning in each and every single week. Uh, this coming week, the first week of January, we go back to our normal schedule. Our normal schedule is actually Sundays. Uh, so just keep an eye out. We will make sure to always uh, tweet the link out. I always post the show uh, well in advance, uh, set up the link that you guys can check it out here on YouTube. Um, also, since you're already here on the channel, please make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, this was probably the best year for my YouTube channel, period. Uh, officially surpassed 80,000 subscribers. Uh, I'm hoping to hit 100K next year uh, if the YouTube gods are on my side. So make sure you guys subscribe. I also put up uh, three new videos that you guys should check out. One is the 2023 predictions that I did with Sean. We do that video every year and it's so much fun. And then I also ranked my top 10 favorite WWE matches. Check that one out because I had a really good time making that video. And then I also picked my top 10 AEW moments. Uh, so I kind of talk a little bit more about the year in AEW uh, in that video. And those videos take a lot of hours to do because there's just more work that is involved in those. So just go in, maybe even drop a comment, whatever it is. It's much appreciated. Uh, Will, please go ahead and 
plug your stuff. Yes, uh, definitely check out Grapsity. We still got one more to go this year. We'll be on this Saturday, youtube.com slash Fightful. That's tomorrow. Um, I'm also going to be right back uh, on a screen with Denise this coming Monday, hosting the Monday Night Raw post show. I didn't know. Uh, this is, I just found out right now. Where's oh. Sean going to be? I don't know. Not here. <laughs> but... You didn't even tell me. I'm finding out right now. <laughs> Bro. Uh, so either no way, <laughs> either way, uh, the, the, if you can't get enough of Will and Denise, there's more Will and Denise coming up here soon. Uh, so there's all of that. And yeah, just keep checking out our content. Uh, I, I am here. I'm William RBR. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, pretty much every platform. I continue to use that name. Denise, what are your New Year's plans? Oh, well, I'm throwing a little New Year's party, actually. Uh, my mom and the kids are coming over and they're gonna, the kids are gonna spend the night. And so that's kind of my plan. So I'm gonna be kind of babysitting uh, for the new year. So, but I'm looking forward to it. And at some point I gotta go to the store. I gotta go buy stuff cause I have nothing yet. I've already ordered the food, uh, but I still need to get like decorations and stuff and you know, little knickknacks here and there. And I still have to pick up my new camera that I bought. It, literally, I just have to cross the street to the store and I haven't even gone. I can't, I haven't even had time to cross the street to go get my new camera. Uh, so I got to make sure I get this all done uh, within the next like 48 hours or so. Yes, get all that done. Me and my kids are just going to have another New Year's. I think I got a friend coming over as well. We usually just like Mario party it up. Uh, nice. And that's going to be what we do. Although I did just buy WarioWare as well. So we might play that and doing some, I don't know, it's a bunch of multiplayer shit. We're just going to play video games and count down. And Even I'm going to play video games too. Well, I, I put it, I set it up for the kids. I have those, those old ones that come with like a bunch of games. You know, those old, those, those games, those, the ones that come with like a bunch of games. Oh like yeah. 50 to hundred games or whatever. Uh-huh. I put that on for the kids and now they have a blast. Okay. Um, <laughs> how young of kids are we talking by the way? I mean, they're not kids. They're teenagers. Yeah, I was going to say, like, are you yeah, just hosting, like... Yeah, my brothers are are 14. My other okay. brother's 15, and then my sister's 17. Okay. But so they pretty really... much like, talk but they, all But day. to you, they're kids, so... Oh, that's... they're kids. They're children to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Yeah, this that is, is exciting. I, yes, and I hope you have a safe and happy new year. Definitely be as safe as possible this new year, and uh, but at the same time, try to have as much fun as you can, and... Enjoy wrestling in 2023. It's going to be a good time. Uh, anything else? No, that's it. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. This has been After the Year. <laughs>